This was the opportunity for us to work with Magoo. Yeah. It was the first recording we'd ever done using Pro Tools, which is a digital platform. So you're working, looking at a monitor. And when you look at the back cover of the CD, you can see the monitor. And it's one of those tiny old 90s monitors that's about like 10 inches across. Wow. So we would have all been like peering at this tiny little screen. And uh, we recorded it down in the valley in Berwick Street. Yep. Um, it was a studio called The Dirty Room. It's now the MIC Music Industry College, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. And uh, it was a great little studio. Was it co-owned by Martin from Regurgitator and yeah. maybe Magoo or yeah, something like that? I think Martin owned it. Right. And that potentially, yeah, Magoo and other people worked out of it. I don't know. That's what I think. Yeah. I could be wrong. And it had a sort of sound, like it had this sort of vaguely trashy, modernish kind of sound, which was yeah. kind of cool. How did we choose the songs? Do you remember? Yes and no. So there's a very strange mix of songs. Mm-hmm. Like you had... The word is no, yeah. which is a Sesame Street song because you had a small kid and, you know, you were really getting into discovering Sesame mm. Street songwriting prowess. And then the Everly Brothers? Um, it is the Walker Brothers. The Walker Brothers, sorry. Yeah. And that song you chose because it was actually from a movie you really yeah, loved. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Let's um, go through song by song. Okay. Like, so... The first song is Walls Come Tumbling Down by the Style Council. It was one of those, at the time, Rage staples. Like, anyone programmed Rage, it was going to be on there because it's an awesome song. Yeah. The band are great in it. They're playing in, like, Prague or something like that. And um, it's just one of those kick-ass songs. I think it was probably the Style Council's maybe first or second single. And I think our version's, like, I don't love the start of it, but as soon as it gets going, I love it. And I think it's uh, a version which... You know, it's got a ton of energy. It's got a ton of great intent. It pays respect to the original song. We deviate off the path mm. at the three-quarter mark and put that little who section in there. Mm. And, you know, I'm pretty happy with it. I think it's a pretty rockin' version. Yeah, I think it sounds great. It does have all that energy. And that's, I think, recording at that studio, everything has a real energy mm. about it in mm. there. I can remember when we were trying to work out that middle part that yeah. we just couldn't quite piece it together and it wasn't, feeling right and then you decided to change it and I was going oh my god we cannot change a Paul Weller song to suit ourselves Tim we are not this is playing God with God (laughs) I was actually listening to it in the car this morning and I was thinking what would Paul Weller feel if he heard our version Mm. and by about the third of the way through I was like I think he'd get it and I think he'd understand and appreciate that at least it's a homage and it's it's paying respect and we love the song obviously you can really tell The lyrics to that song are very pertinent to now as well. I was listening to it this morning, a little walk, and I was like, this feels like England right now again. Yeah, it does. Super political. Very political. Class. Yep. You know, things like that. Systems change, walls come tumbling down, and it sort of feels like we're in the same point in world politics. Yeah, it's weird, huh? Yeah. And then we sort of, deviate well don't deviate at all we um slide from that 
into a pre an earlier sort of similar mod inspired kind of song of an early Who song. Oh yeah, so sad about us. So sad about which us. the Jam had actually also covered. The Breeders have covered. Yes. And it's just a beautiful song, just oozing melody and harmonies and great chord changes and awesome riffs and, in fact, great lyrics. things about this recording and, and this I feel like I found my voice mm-hmm. like the very first time I was feeling like I could sing well because in Kitten Lick's stuff I was kind of like pushing too hard and I was I kind of was having a hard time and here I've kind of found that I didn't have to push as hard and maybe Magoo was actually prompting me and maybe giving me some tips and I was pulling back a lot and um, my voice sounds nice and your voice sounds really yeah. good too. I think we did a good job with the singing. I think A, we were very relaxed, but B, I think the song choices really worked. Like I remember sitting there just working out harmony after harmony with you very quickly on the fly and putting them down and they all were sounding great and even quite complex points where, you know, there might be a key change under it or something. And we were just smashing through it and having a great time. And I think you can kind of hear that and, you know, we feel happy and we feel kind of carefree and, um, you know, especially with this song and also the word is no when there's tons of vocals and they're very tight. Yep. I feel like there's a lot of spontaneity. I think that's what you can hear. Mm. We really were just, you know, in the moment. Yeah, definitely. I think also this is the other first time that we recorded in Brisbane. So the other records besides Flower were all out of town. So we were kind of based at home and going into the studio. True. So that probably gave us a bit of, I don't know. Maybe it just took the pressure off. Maybe, yeah. yeah. And plus we knew that the songs were all good to go and yeah. all we had to do was play and we probably had like four or five days to record or something like that. Yeah. You know, I remember it being totally fun the whole yeah. time. No walking, no biking, no swimming, no hiking, no driving, too fast or As you mentioned, I was watching Sesame Street every morning and then some with my daughter Pascal, who is four at the time, and she loved it. And I kind of fell into this mode of just, we actually video recorded a bunch of songs. And when Sesame Street wasn't on telly, we just re-watched this compilation video of all the songs that we loved. 
And uh, I did learn heaps about songwriting from Sesame Street. You know, all their songs are short. They're all catchy. They all have excellent lyrics, which get straight to the point. They're perfectly constructed. Like, there's no dodgy chords. There's no points where you go, oh, shit, that's weird, or it goes on too long or whatever. They're very, very well written and very clean. And I sort of fell in love with that. And this song's a totally great example of that. And so, you know, I still to this day try and you know, start a song and get out clean with everything in place, how it should be and like every move really great, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's just a hilarious song. We play it on our duo shows, right? Yeah. And it's funny and we still have to write the lyrics out even though there's only like 16 lines. Well, there's a lot of lyrics if you just, you know, they have to go in the right order. Yeah, you don't want to get lost. If two people are singing it, it's a mess. Yeah. (laughs) It is a lot of fun. It's fun to play and people kind of get chuckle out of it, right? Yeah, totally. And it's also on the internet. So someone has uh, put the original footage from Sesame Street with our version of the song under it. And it's got like, who's the famous model that's, is it Claudia Schiffer or someone? There's some, oh, I don't know. There's someone who's in it who's singing. Right. Maybe it isn't a famous model. No, I think it's just the lady from Sesame Street. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's beautiful, whoever she is. Not talking, not teasing, Sort of like, I don't know if you could call it classic Sesame Street era because you might want to go back further for that. But even still in the 90s, it was very much, you know, any animation was old school animation. There was no modern stuff in there. Big Bird was there. You know, all the classic characters, it hadn't really turned that corner into being a bit more sort of, how would you call it now, a bit more PC even? Mm-hmm. Or they've kind of tried to modernize it, drag it into the new era, and it's kind of lost a bit of its old school charm. You know, it still had that total lovely old school charm about it. Like a bit more innocence? Yeah, innocent and just uh, very organic and very particular to what it was and illustrating that contrived sort of New York street scene, the animals and the guy who lives in the bin and all the stuff, you know. (laughs) Oscar the Grouch, the guy who lives in the bin. (laughs) I can remember the first time we went to New York too. Do you remember we arrived there really late one night and we got out of the cab? Like there was literally steam coming out of the grill in the ground and I was like, oh, my God, it's like Sesame Street. (laughs) And, um, you know, I'm screaming on the sidewalk at like 1 a.m. With everyone else. We got shushed. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, that's Sesame Street and Taxi Driver. That's cool. (laughs) Okay, so the next song is Boys Keep Swinging. Heaven loves ya. The clouds part for ya. Nothing stands in your way when you're a boy. an awesome move to get you to sing it yes i agree and i think listening back to it it's so bizarre like a lot of bowie songs are 
they sound so easy and that your brain gets them straight away. But then when you pick them apart, you go, holy shit, that's a fucking nuts chord change. Like it'll go from an A to a B minor to an F or something like that. And you just go, how is he pulling that off? But again and again, he does. Lyrics are very cool. The lyrics are great. And you did a kick-ass job singing it, I've got to say. Especially coming from a girl's perspective, because it's so true. Like even today I was going, oh my God, this is so now still. The world is designed for guys. Yeah, Yeah. it really is. The very first bit is like the phone. That's actually the tale of the word is no. Oh, is it the tale? That's Dean calling you up and you're you answering and it feeding back. Yeah, so I wanted to explain that because um, that happened all the time. Yeah, yeah. So we had one of those old school answering machines. If you picked it up, it just started squealing. And we, so I was recording it by mm. accident yes. and such a typical, he killed Steen. He yeah. talks on the phone so quickly, like everything's really urgent. Yeah. And I'm just like going, wow. <laughs> it's <laughs> hilarious. And, um, yeah. yeah, I loved it. And I also remember, I think I wanted to do something like that because I'd remembered Blue Bottle Kiss had incorporated a phone message okay. and it's really full on. It's like Ben going, everything you touch turns to shit or something. Right. We should find that because it's brilliant. Okay. And also, you know, like the the pixies with the talking in between mm-hmm, songs. Mm-hmm. I just love that idea of all too. these like incidental sounds. Yeah. short song with tons going mm. on and then a, you know, only the two-thirds mark it just busts down into crazy ass lead which is yeah. done by was it adrian Ballou or brian eno or someone like that some big time know. bowie associate yeah and it's kind of crazy and whack and i kind of like went to it with that intent and tried to mimic one or two of the actual moves but yeah. i just had to do my own crazy whack shit yeah it's great I love how crazy it gets. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember good. seeing when I was a kid, I remember seeing David Bowie on telly. The video for that song, he's dressed in like makeup and stuff. Yeah. Just front on in a suit and makeup yeah. or something like that. It's one of my favorite Bowie songs of the yeah. era for sure. I love it. He's like a wizard writing songs like that. He's just got a super clever way of approaching it, which sounds unique and individual and great and hooky yeah. and catchy and all the things. Yeah. Next song is Sun Ain't Gonna Shine Anymore. Loneliness is the coat you wear. Deep shade of blue 
chose this because in the 90s the thing to do at night if you weren't playing gig was watch videos right mm-hmm. and you'd go to the video shop and you wouldn't call at home because you didn't have a mobile phone back then you just <laughs> grabbed a few tapes and came home and i think one of the films that i watched probably with steven actually mm-hmm. was a film called truly madly deeply yeah with uh, like alan rickman in it or something like that mm-hmm. and it's about this woman whose husband dies but then she comes home one night and there he is in the lounge room and, and like he's dead but like yeah she's talking to him and he's talking to her and they have a few laughs and they fool around. Yeah. And at one point they just go to the piano and start going ding, 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 ding. And they do this funny duet of the song. Yeah. And uh, one of them's got a double bass maybe as well. And they get halfway through it and then someone knocks on the door and he's got to hide because right. he's, he's dead and he's yeah. not going to be there. <laughs> and it's just the most cool, catchy song. Yeah. And I actually prefer the version they fool around with in the song yeah. to the original by the Walker Brothers. Yeah. But we went back and dug out the original and had to listen to it the first time ever. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to do it. It's a beautiful yeah. song. Yeah. It's kind of got this playful thing. Magoo changed that a little by putting the tape loop in there yeah. and making it much more atmospheric mm-hmm. and slower. And um, I like it. It's kooky. And- I think it's great. I mean, it's a really interesting take, on, like a really weird song choice, but yeah. it fits in with all the other songs. Yeah, yeah like Magoo treated it really well. Yeah, he did. We sang it really well. Yeah. And we also incorporate from the movie – the girl's vocal going, baby, baby. Oh, yeah, I don't that's think that's true. on the original. Oh. So we've um, yeah. incorporated the movie version into the thing as well. Yeah, I love how it opens up. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot to like about this song. Sort of echo and sort of yeah, very reverby. Yeah, atmosphere in it. Kind of, uh, I don't know, a bit sort of. uh, I was going to say, not wall of sound. Well, approaching that. Yeah, Yeah. it is. It's kind of in that territory. I'm going to remind you about the bass thing now. Can we do that? The bass thing? Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Boom. Remember the uh, <laughs> Can yeah, I? Yeah, go. Kel, do you remember the point where you had to record the bass bit, which goes ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. I tell, couldn't get tell. it. <laughs> I just couldn't get it. I don't know what was going on, but I know one of the things about the way I learn and play is that the harder things I always nail and the easy things are really hard because yeah. I put so much effort into the really hard things like that David Bowie thing. Mm. Like I knew that. I probably yeah. did that in two takes or yeah. something. But this bim, 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 bim. I just couldn't get the rhythm. It's not a very you-ish part. I don't know what happened to me. 
But I literally think I had a nervous breakdown trying to do you it. You got pretty annoyed, and I would too, because what happened was literally every person in the studio found <laughs> muscled up to the desk and was like, hey, give me the bass. It just goes like this. Even Dean was saying, I know. <laughs> and, but I think maybe I just made one or two mistakes. Right. And then everybody was, and I started feeling really nervous because <laughs> yeah. there was a bunch of people in there. Yeah. There was more than the band, there were like people hanging out. And I just started to feel yeah. really nervous. And then I started to just make more mistakes. Yeah, yeah. And then I started to spiral. Yeah. And then I think I, yeah, yeah I probably well, cried even. You probably <laughs> did, but in the end you just got it and it was fine and we moved on, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It was one of those weird moments I don't feel comfortable, yeah. like, knowing that happened either. I guess everyone's got that. It's just very typical me, though. Yeah, it's typical of everyone there. Like, you know, I get on stage three days ago and I fuck up that thing in diet that we were talking about the other day. What did we do? You know the turnaround that we- You fucked it up. Yeah, I fucked it up. <laughs> the I other did day, it. like three days ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was playing along, having a great time, looking at the crowd, <laughs> let my fingers do the work. And yeah. I was like, here it comes. And bam, fucked it. <laughs> oh, boy. But I just kept smiling and jumping. Yeah. You know, yeah. And my guitar fell off me. Yeah. <laughs> In that song yeah. too, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. So anyway, kids, if you're out there, you're listening and you're just, you know, having trouble getting past that one thing, don't worry. Like people get stuck on things. You can do it. You can do it. Just you can do it, tell everybody to get out of the room. Just have a big deep breath. You'll nail it. What's next? <sighs> Hang on. Keep hanging on. Okay, so keep hanging on and off to one side both were songs we recorded completely separately. Like we yep. recorded them already for B sides back as far as the Kintlick singles. And the versions freaking sizzle, right? Yeah, this like a barbecue. <laughs> yeah. So we were like, we can't put out a covers record without putting these on there. Yeah. Uh, which is a great choice because, you know, they're awesome versions. They've got a lot of vibe. The guitars sound amazing. The energy of the band's undeniable. Yeah. Say about Not that. much to say. I mean, Keep Hanging On is obviously by Who's Could Do, one of our all-time favourite bands in the whole world, and Off to One Side is by a band you love called Come, right? Yes. What can you tell us about them? I mean, they're pretty... They're fairly obscure. Yeah. They were part of, like, the early 90s indie underground. Mm -hmm. and I think they're from Boston, a woman called Talia Zadik and Chris Brockow. I think that's how you say his name. He ended up being in Codeine. Mm -hmm. So they were, you know, really seminal, yeah. kind of very amazing band. I didn't really know a lot about them at the time, but I had this one album called 1111 
and that song comes off there and I just loved that record mm. so much and that was a really simple song and it was yeah. kind of like one of those ones like let's just try yeah. and do it yeah. and we played it a few times yeah, we did. live like it was in the set for a little while yeah, so they seem to be in that family of bands like Codeine and Prosper and Slint and that sort of like first half of the 90s, you yes. know, very, very indie alternative rock sort of thing, yeah. you know, back when it was sort of really pure like that. Yeah. The other two songs which we've got on the record are King of Carrot Flowers mm. by Neutral Milk Hotel and Falling Out of Love With You by The Sixth. Yeah. Both songs which we recorded with no live drums, just mm. little toys or drum machines. Mm-hmm. I think Falling Out of Love With You is recorded with uh, a little toy that I had of yep. Pascal's. It's this toy little thing about the size of Walkman and you just turn it on. Yeah. And it was... <laughs> With you is such a cool song. Yeah, it's such a you know happy-go-lucky pop song, but it's so awful. Yeah, <laughs> you know lyrically, it's really sad, and but then it's about drums and synthesizers. Weird, huh? I love that song. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's so cute. Yeah, I'd love to be able to write a song like that. Yeah, same. Let's try. Okay. <laughs> King of Carrot Flowers is all recorded on your keyboard. The drum machines from your <laughs> yeah. keyboard, all the little the you know, the banjo beat. sounds, yeah. <laughs> the little chime sound, like yeah. all these lovely classic sort of old rubbish sounds, but which sounds yeah. so great. Uh, so they're just two easy covers we chucked on there as well. Both great songs, right? When you were young, you were the king of carrot flowers. Bodies were falling 
And then... Brings us to the closer of the yeah, record. Tomorrow Never Knows by The Beatles. Yeah. Another one which Magoo did an insanely great job of really producing for us. Yeah. He took the helm, incorporated a lot of space echo, a lot of atmospherics, and we stretched out the arrangement. I think that was the first time we'd really used the digital recording thing to really edit and mm. expand on a song, cut it up a bit, make it really exciting. And it was quite long. It's like seven or eight minutes yeah. or something. I played bass on it. Uh, you sung. I play guitar on it too. Yeah, the guitar's awesome on it. Like it just shreds in. Like it's got this amazing. It's just one chord though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Also, we changed the drum beat accents around. So the original has the accent on like the snare mm-hmm. or something, and this has got the accent on the kick. Yeah, right. Does that make sense? I don't know. I'm not sure. There's something that we did. So it just sounds. We've made it really different okay. to the original. Just it's kind of like it's turning the beat around. Mm-hmm which made it ours again in yeah. some way. And it's um, mega simple song. Like I say, it's two chords, but I think on the guitar we sit on a one chord. I think so. I think, again, it sort of like sounds like a decent homage to the original and like we love the original yes. and we're just trying to, you know, enjoy it and have some fun with it because it's such a, an open book, that song, you know, yeah. music-wise. Again, it's like having me singing a song that's known as a male sung song True. is yeah. nice as well. There's a part, you know, at the end I'm going, I'm saying something like, hey. Yeah, that's right. That's me emulating um, my favorite song at that time, which was Blue Boy, Remember Me. Wow. She does that at the end of the song and, it, and it's so nice just to kind of have one word that kind of comes out and you push it and then it gets picked up by the delay so Magoo could use that as a, you know, fun thing to play with as yeah, well. Yeah, I think the very fact that we were recording covers made it like an open door to be able to play with the songs a lot more than we usually would. Yeah. Because, you know, if we're recording our own stuff, we'd probably try and milk as much juice out of the hooks as we could and we try to make sure everything sounded really great. And this record, it felt like we just had fun with it. Yeah. Magoo had fun with it. Yeah, because there was no expectation. And we all knew that... You know, we'd go in for those few days and come out and something would be there and it'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I kind of really dig it. I dig it too. Yeah. There's not many copies in the world. Like, uh, you they're can't, pretty rare these days. Yeah, yeah, you can't find them very often. If you come across one in a second-hand store, grab it. Perhaps we should put it on vinyl at one stage. Oh, maybe we should. That'd be that'd great. Be nice, huh? Yeah. Hands up who says I. <laughs> So I don't know if you can hear in the background, but there's thunder and I think we're going to be hit by storm in a minute. Really? Mm. Maybe we should wrap it up. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, look, it's been a slightly shorter episode than usual, but as always, awesome hanging out with you. It's always awesome hanging out with you. It started to rain. It's like a very typical Brisbane summer afternoon. Thank you so much. Thank you to our Patreons for supporting us too. Our patrons. Oh boy. Thank you to our patrons for supporting us. We love you. We do love you. And you are a small but very select group of awesome people at the moment. Quality over quantity. Yeah. Tell your friends about it. If you know other people who like the band or you think they might like to hear about the band, be sure to spread the word. You're doing us a huge favour by doing so. This is the Scream Feeder Podcast, The Ending Goes Forever. Next episode is going to be on Rocks and the Souls. That might be a bit of a big one again, Yeah. So this is a reprieve. This is the calm before the Rocks and the Soul storm. Yeah, it is. (laughs) So I've been Tim. And I've been Kelly. And we will see you next episode. Goodbye. Goodbye.